Where does it go? Where does it go? All of that cast off junk, where does it go? Welcome to Where Does It Go, a podcast about the life cycles of all kinds of interesting things. I'm Sarah. I'm Emily. Today we have a wonderful author whose his first book is coming out uh, October 31st, and that is... I'm Chad Ryan. Cool. Thank you for, for coming on to our podcast today. I'm actually really excited about talking to you because I read the first chapter of your book, oh. <laughs> and it is so much fun. It's very vivid. It's disturbing in a very cool way. And I had a lot of fun with it. Definitely. You honestly remind me, uh, your writing reminds me of Clive Barker just a bit. It really does. I hope that's a compliment. It is. Of course. Yeah. Anytime, anytime you're, you're uh, associated with a great name, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's a compliment. It was also my first thought. Your writing is uh, gross in a wonderful way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny because Emily said the same thing. She said, it's like Clive Barker. Yeah. So. I was oh, really? Get, I was walking to get my mail and I, I was thinking about the chapter I had read and I was like, Jesus, like Clive Barker. There's a little Charles Delint in there too. Like there's definitely, it reminded me of like kind of the, the magical worlds that he weaves as well in a few of his books. So it's a wonderful mixture. And of course there's, you know, Chadness in there, of course. Right. Yeah. 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 The Ghost River is a, a strange, strange thing. Because for me, it was also kind of an homage uh, to a lot of things that I like personally or did like growing up. It's a very, uh, uh, very 90-ish, 90s driven piece. I have a, a lot of Clive in there. Uh, Stephen King would be in there. Uh, a lot of rock rock bands and, and things that I like are, are embedded in there. Uh, it was kind of the piece that I have always wanted to write for myself. Um, so why not uh, do it as my first book? So uh, appreciate the, uh, the the kind words on there. It, but yes, it is a it is a, deserve, a disturbing and dark tale for sure. Yeah, I definitely pre-ordered it because I want to see what happens. When I first started reading it, I was very upset, like about like what? Why are they ignoring this person? Like it took a while to get to like. Yeah. I'm not going to give too much away, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. The storytelling style is 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 quite experimental. Um, I just kind of start in media res in the media in the middle of the action, and there's no really going back unless you go forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, more the, the mysteries of Orphan Rock and the characters inside of the story of Ghost River are revealed in pieces, but you have to you have to endure uh, to get to them uh, to find the answers and, and seek the treasure, so to speak. So the few reviews that have come back already have all said the same thing. We're like, wow, you know, I was a little kind of a little out there at first, not sure what what was happening, but then once once the uh, once the story starts moving along and people people start seeing the way that it unfolds, uh, it's quite engaging. At least I. Yeah, you do a lot of showing instead of telling, and even Sarah and I, I believe, have both just read a single chapter and are capable of seeing that. So I'm not a fan of like major exposition. I like to, like you said, I like to tell. I'm sorry, I like to show. I don't like to necessarily just tell. Oh, that's mm-hmm. what this person is feeling. I want you to feel like you're there uh, for good or bad. Um, and you know, I think it's uh, pretty successful in Ghost River. So the desert seems to be an important place for you and it, it features pretty, it's like its own character almost. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
is that like have you always lived in the desert area and that's like a huge part of uh your storytelling it is uh for this piece uh it's also a homage uh to my childhood uh, i grew up in arizona uh, i grew up in the desert uh, i grew up playing in the desert it was 120 degrees outside i would still be out there running around uh riding my bike um, grew up um, on the edge of a suburb a suburbia and an indian reservation um, it was essentially the setting for Ghost River is from pieces of my childhood. It's all, you know, fictional in the book, um, but it comes from my experience growing up in, in, in a very similar setting to Ghost River. Yeah, the desert, I think, is a, is, a, is a very, very cool place. It's a cool setting because it's very harsh, uh, especially for a horror book. It's very harsh, unforgiving, but it's also very, very beautiful. And if you can look below... Uh, the surface of, you know, all the thorns and the things that want to bite you and get you in the desert, um, the cactus patches, et cetera, you see a very beautiful landscape. It's this oldest time. And um, I think it's quite a, quite a spiritual place uh, when you get out there and, and experience it. Maybe different than a forest, but that's okay, right? It's a, just a different type of, almost like a different planet at times. And so I spend a lot of time in the desert and still do to this day. Um, I, I just love it. I agree with you. I, I, Sarah and I are both from the Midwest. And so 120 degrees is a lot of degrees. <laughs> it's a dry heat though, right? That's what they always say. It's a dry yeah, heat. Yeah. So you turn into a raisin instead of yeah. uh, melting. But then, you know, we're both used to cold comparatively. Like zero degrees is like, well, that's okay. You should put on a coat. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was born in Fargo. Uh, so really? I, I came from... Uh, a very very cold place you know, i'm norwegian mostly so i got like i'm all mostly a viking so i left as a child from you know 20 believe 20 below zero frozen shovel your you know salt the roads and shovel your drives uh to arizona and completely lost my my resilience for for, for cold temperatures which mm. is why i have to do ice baths and other things to try to you know keep that training up because uh, you lose it quick here in arizona because once it drops below 70 everyone's everyone's running around in uh snowshoes um here so <laughs> well emily and i both live in north carolina now so being a, a transplant to somewhere much warmer in the winter was super funny to me when i first moved here because it would just a dusting a dusting of snow would shut the state down it, yeah. it, it panic. was just pure panic yeah and now I'm like, I, I don't want to be around snow. Of course, stay in. <laughs> go go get marshmallows. We're going to stay in for the next 57 days. It's too cold. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> we have a joke here where, where, where it rain, when it rains for the first time or if it hasn't ra uh, rained in a while, which, you know, we could definitely use some here in Arizona right now. Um, everybody forgets how to drive. Um, it's just complete chaos and, you know, car accidents everywhere. It's almost like the first blizzard, but it's just rain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So part of why you've written this particular, you've mentioned sort of sprinkling it in, showing instead of telling why you wrote this particular story and how do ghosts, because part of the theme of this episode, I guess, is ghosts, but frankly, right. it's just an interesting conversation. Oh, yeah. We yeah. don't have to talk about ghosts. Well, um, say about ghosts, so. Excellent. <laughs> talk about ghosts. <laughs> so why, why write this particular story? How do ghosts come into play for Ghost River? Because it's not, it's not very traditional uh, it's not a very traditional first chapter of a ghost story, which is pretty cool, I think. Yeah, the, the, how the story came, it's weird. Sometimes when you're a writer, you, you don't really have a choice about what you what you write. It just kind of starts coming. Um, this book was actually attached to another book I had started writing. Um, 
and I just couldn't figure out why these weird scenes were coming from and trying to wedge them together into what I was currently working on. And I was like, you know what? I think I have a Siamese twin here. Um, so I had to, I had to perform an operation, um, and determine what was what and Orphan Rock and Ghost, uh, Ghost River was born. It's a, it's a story I kind of say it came to me like pieces of broken glass because it's, it's, it really came in vignettes and out of order and time. The, the story itself is pretty massive. It takes place over 30 years of time. There's about five main characters it follows over, over the course of, of, of the story. Um, and really putting it together and, and, and weaving it together was, was, uh, was a challenge and it was a fun challenge because the book itself um, kind of became an anti-anti-book <laughs> because I wanted to write something that was um, uh, unique. It was a challenging read. Um, the subject matter is challenging and if you can get through it, that's kind of where you get your prize <laughs> in a weird way. Uh, it's kind of weird to be an author and wanting to torture your reader, but I, think, I don't think it's that weird. <laughs> yeah, you know, but I, I, I wrote the, the story that I want, I always wanted to read, um, a very adult uh, horror story that, that is character-driven at its heart. Um, and it, it, def, it defies yet, yet embraces traditional conventions of storytelling. Um, it's out of order, it's very postmodern, um, but it all comes together and works. And it works in a way that I didn't think was ever going to be possible as I was writing it, because it's, it, as you read it, you'll, you'll see it's, it's a wild, wild story. Mm-hmm. Um, but ghosts um, are a big part of it, obviously. It's called Ghost Rivers. And I explore ghosts in pretty much every sense of the word uh, inside of the story. Ghosts, to me, are very contextual. You know, they're contextual be- beings. Uh, it really depends on what context you're talking about and what type of ghost you're talking about. I always like to say that, you know, houses aren't the haunted ones. The people are, right? Mm-hmm. The people are the ones that are, that, that are haunted by, by whatever form of ghost um, is, is bugging them at the time. So I look at ghosts on three different levels. Uh, I, I see them as supernatural beings, and that's the very traditional, you know, something dies and something is left behind that haunts, Okay. Um, I look at them at the meta- metaphysical sense, especially in Ghost River, which is, you know, are they overlapping dimensions and dimensional disturbances? Are they, are, are they energy? Are they traces uh, of times that never got cleaned off the board and, and, and time continues to move? Um, and then I look at ghosts through the lens of the human experience. And I think th- this is the one I'm most intrigued with as, as a writer and in dealing with human, human characters, mostly human characters. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, ghosts can come in the forms of memories. Um, I think people can be ghosts, you know, people show up back in your lives and they've haunted you for a long time. You know, people are ghosts. And I think scars and, and, and our experiences that we carry with us, um, I mean, I know from my, my personal experience, I've, I'm haunted by ghosts all the time, uh, just in my life. And, you know, things and people and experiences and, and regrets or, or whatever come to you at the late at night. You know, when, when you're laying in bed by yourself, you're haunted one way or the other by your own thoughts. Oh, yeah, um, the world gets real narrow at about 2.30 in the morning. It does. It, <laughs> you know. So Ghost River looks at all three of those uh, type of types of experience uh, ghost experiences the supernatural the metaphysical and the human experience um, of being haunted um, and really wedges them all together in a narrative that, that explores everything at the same time uh, so it's an, like you said it's an interesting take on 
uh, on, on ghosts. It's not your traditional, oh, somebody died here and there's a haunted house and this is, a, this is an angry ghost. Um, it's ghosts are coming from all sides at all times uh, for you, whether they're, whether they're spooky or whether they're emotional. Did you do any kind of research um, about ghosts or think about ghosts? I know you talked about uh, different memories or being mm. up at night at 2.30 and, mm. you know, having regrets. Did you do any research in general about ghosts or monsters or anything for this book? Or is it just all based on your personal uh, experience and feelings about different kind of ghostly things? Yeah, I, I did. A, I did a quite, quite a bit of research. Like I said, my, I draw a lot from my own personal experience as far as just my own life and uh, pain and things that, that, that keep me up at night. Um, and then I also am a huge horror fanatic. So I'm very into things that go bump in the night. So I did that. Um, I also did a lot of research uh, pulling from kind of my own imagination mixed with, I did a lot of research into uh, Native American folklore and uh, monsters uh, in those traditions. And I wanted to create um, characters and, and, and villains and monsters that I thought would be perfect for the desert setting, right? You know, some things that would um, accompany and live in, in that type of a harsh world um, without having to, uh, stick out like a sore thumb um, because, you know, the story of, of Orphan Rock and Ghost River takes place, you know, over 30 years of time as modernity is kind of creeping towards this place. Um, but the place is timeless, right? So um, the monsters had to be, be as well. And same thing with the ghosts and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, as far as personal experiences go, um, I've had some experiences, supernatural experiences, um, uh, and I'll, 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 I'll share a few of them if you'd like. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Sure. Okay. That'd be great. Um, yeah. So, you know, growing up in Arizona, you know, relatively new, new, new sub, sub, subdivision suburb um, in the eighties. Um, but you know, there were some old, old houses and stuff there. And my parents were friends with somebody who, and I call these ghosts and I wrote, I wrote down three instances here. I call them the good, the bad, and the three types of three types of ghosts that, that I've, had experiences with or heard of. Um, and this first one I didn't have experiences with, but I heard of uh, through my mom who was obsessed uh, with her friend who had a ghost living in their house. It was oh. a ghost of an old man. Uh, I call this the type of good ghost, whether it's an energy, a memory, an overlapping dimensional that ne dimension that never ended, you know, whether someone died and someone was left behind, I'll let, I'll let you decide. But this ghost um, came as a form of an old man who had a cane. Um, he died in his sleep in this house that was bought and, and he was a pretty benign ghost. Basically he walked around, uh, and the family just kind of got used to living with him. Um, they would see him like walk down the hallway at night with his cane. They would see him sitting in the window, come to open the refrigerator, you know, that, that, that type of stuff, just kind of living almost like a skipping record, right? Just little pieces of, of his life, um, that he continued to just keep living forever. And he never bothered anybody. He never, never got, uh, got angry. He's the only time he ever would get agitated, according to my mother's friend, was when people would stare at him or, or, mm. or, pay, or pay attention. Like somehow he sensed when he was being sensed and he didn't like it. He'd get crabby or he'd leave or slam a door or something like that. Um, but the overall experience of that ghost uh, was pretty benign. 
right? This is something that uh, the family learned to live with. It wasn't a scary thing after a while, although, I mean, I, I don't know, seeing an old man walking down the hallway in the middle of the night would probably scare me, but. <laughs> they they kind of treated him like he was a cat they didn't have to feed, like exactly yeah. in the house and around, so now, might knock something <laughs> over. Yeah, oh. you know, very benign, didn't uh, didn't seem to bother any of the family that was there, didn't bother the kids, but just kind of lived his, lived his life. And it wasn't like you could always like walk around the house and find the guy. You mm-hmm. know, he, he would just appear, you know, at, at times and then he'd be gone again. So um, uh, that to me kind of looks at, looks at ghosts as more of an, uh, more of an energy that's left behind, like a, you know, a trace, something that's either continuing to live in a different dimension that's overlapping with ours or something that, you know, never got cleansed off the plate uh, when, when the time came. Then I moved to New Mexico, Santa Fe for college. In Santa Fe, I don't know if you guys have ever been there. No, nope. uh, I have. But, I love it there. But New Mexico, it's called the Land of Enchantment. And, and one day I'm going to write a book about my time there because it was crazy. Um, but, you know, I, I just had failed out of college and I went to film school in the College of Santa Fe to try to, you know, get some, some semblance of a career going. And we ended up renting a very old adobe house um, that was set in the, uh, in the center of town near the plaza in Santa mm-hmm. Fe. And you know, I'm telling you, it's, New Mexico's has got a weird vibe. It's got a weird energy. There's no place like it. it. Everything just feels very mystical and old. And this house was no different. This house was a strange house. Okay, it was, There was a heart of an old adobe house that they just kept building onto and expanding and adding rooms to this old structure, almost like the House of Leaves or whatever. Mm-hmm. It just kept like... <laughs> adding weird hallways to nowhere, doors to nothing, you know, just weird stuff. Um, but for a, college, a group of college kids, it was a, a good rent for us, and we ended up staying out there. And from the very beginning, things were weird. You know, things would disappear. You know, again, the fridge doors would open. You'd hear, you'd hear doors slam. You'd hear footsteps at night while you're alone in the house. Um, we thought, you know, okay, you know, maybe there's a haunting or maybe it's just whatever. But what happened is one of our roommates started having night terrors and I call this one of the bad ghosts. We just, we talked about the good ghosts. Here's the bad ghost. Um, he started having night terrors and he would, um, every few nights just wake up screaming in his bed. Absolutely. Just terrified. Um, and you know, we all kind of laugh at him like, is this guy just drunk or stoned or <laughs> whatever, <laughs> you know, because we, we couldn't, uh, you know, put our finger on it. He would say that, you know, all the time, uh, he would wake up in the middle of the night and he would see three men standing over his bed and they would jump on him. And like, he would feel the weight and he would feel the, uh, the comforter. He'd feel the bodies and just like suffocation. And mm-hmm. you know, he, he, yeah. he would constantly scream. And we, you know, again, we, we, we kind of gave him some, some, some crap about it and just said, Oh, you know, whatever. But you know, he, he did, he had very strange details. He'd like their dirty clothes and they're, 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 they're angry or or, or this kind of stuff. And, and, you know, we, we played it off as, all right, well, maybe this guy's just a little crazy. Well, then we, one day we were in the, the uh, living room cleaning up our, our DVD collection. Back in the day, we had a grand DVD collection that was like back yeah. when DVDs just came out. Oh yeah. 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 The whole <laughs> we were, shelf of them. The whole shelf of them. And yep. it was like our prized possession in the house. We got a DVD player and we'd sit there and organize it. And while we were organizing the DVDs on that shelf, 
we found a secret cache um, underneath the, the shelf. And inside of this cache, it was, like a, it was like a nook underneath the shelves, we found an old bottle of vodka and all of the missing things that we have, that, we, that we'd, been, we'd lost uh, over the time. Uh, like, a, like a key. All or, of them? Yeah, most of the, yeah, most of the stuff um, that had gone missing and they're little things, little trinkets. Um, so we found them and we're like, well, who the heck put them back here? <laughs> so, you know, we found, we found a weird stash. My, my, my buddy is, you know, getting jumped on by, by ghosts at night. And we're like, oh man, this is, you know, this is insane. But livable, you know, we're all living. Um, and then came the ugly. And that is the, the third ghost. Um, one of the people that lived with us in, in the house uh, was a female. Uh, she was uh, the girlfriend of one of uh, my roommates. And she had a horrible experience in the Santa Fe house. Just absolutely horrible. Um, she'd have dreams um, of something trying to get to her, something trying to pin her down. Um, and it was a shadowy, she, she described in her dreams as be a shadowy type figure, the shadows. Um, and she'd wake up screaming and just petrified because she kept hearing it at the window. Uh, she kept, she'd hear it tapping on the window. She'd take a shower and she'd scratch. Uh, she'd hear scratching at the window. Just, she really felt like something was out to get her. Uh, it's hard to explain that not being the one that, that felt that, but um, she was convinced. She's like, there's something here and there's something that's, that's not, not, not kosher. Um, it never messed with the boys in the house. Uh, we, none, of, none of the rest besides my buddy who got jumped by the three dirty, dirty men. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the ghost uh, never, never bothered us. One time we actually went out and she had a, 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 an incident with it where she was upset. We went to the backyard to see if we could figure out what was making the noise. It was pretty late at night and we actually saw something, uh, a shadowy type thing, almost like an oil slick, kind of flow over the, the fence in the backyard and, and leave uh, when, we, when we turned the corner. Um, again, this was all lit by moonlight and, you know, not trying to, you know, say I have pictures or anything, but that's what co we all collectively saw. Mm -hmm. And there was four of us. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. It, 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 it was completely attached to her. Um, it never wanted, never let her sleep. And um, she was ready to move out. Um, mm -hmm. Just because why would you want to stay in a place? And, Absolutely. You know, that you're being that you're being hounded by. Um, so she had confided in, 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 in with a coworker um, who actually, uh, turned her on to a shaman. Um, now, in Santa Fe, it's kind of like LA, where, where every waiter's an actor. And in New Mexico, um, everybody's a shaman um, in, in, some, in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. So we were very um, skeptical uh, of this, or at least I was, being a horror, a horror guy. So, oh, bring on the shaman. Let's see, let's see what's going to happen here. I was completely ready. I was completely ready to discredit the guy, mm -hmm. uh, the gal. In this case, the gal, um, and she showed up, and it was the weirdest thing. Uh, she walked into the house, and we didn't prep her at all on anything, um, and we made a decision not to do that. It was like, let's see how legit she is. You know, can she walk in here and tell us something that we don't already know? And uh, you know, and and she was a protege of a local uh, Indian woman. Uh, who worked down in the plaza and she came into the house and it was insane. She knew everything, like just walking into the house. Um, she told us that, okay, there's lots of energy. This is a multiple haunting type experience. She's like, you got a playful ghost that likes to hide things. 
Uh, she said, we walked into the master bedroom. She said, you have uh, a very masculine energy in here, multiple, you know, three dirty men. Uh, and, <laughs> and she said that they were, you know, most likely labor men, you know, people that, had, that were, were deceased um, back in uh, the settlement times of, of New Mexico, which, you know, they were all dirty. Um, then she got into the roommate's room. Uh, and uh, she, she literally gasped um, and she felt it. Um, and she basically said, um, you have a problem here. You have a malignant entity. Uh, she called it a spiritual vampire. And I called it uh, the ugly in, in, in the vampiric sense because it, it really just wanted to latch on and drain the, drain the spirits <laughs> of, mm-hmm. uh, of, of our roommate. Um, she called it a spiritual vampire that was trying to get inside and that if we let it inside, you know, typical kind of vampire lore. That's true. Um, they have to ask, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, you know, there could be big problems for, for, for her um, in terms of her mental state and her physical state and, and, uh, and other stuff. Um, so we were kind of taken a, taken a gasp by the amount of information she knew. Oh, and she also said, by the way, when she walked into the bedroom, the spirit here does not like girls. Oh, it's, not like women. it's a misogynist. That's a, she, literally what she said, um, which made perfect sense. Anyway, it was really odd because she knew all that information just by, quote unquote, reading the energies, coming in there and feeling it. She uses empathy, empathy and, 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 and that way to determine what she's dealing with. So she went through and she purged the house, that did a cleansing. She um, burned sage, she you know, warded the windows, she went to the backyard and, and did stuff. I mean, I, I could probably, I couldn't even describe it because part of it, she said, I need to do this by myself, everyone leave, but <laughs> she, you know, she did it. Um, but the crazy thing was, is that after the cleansing, uh, my, my roommate, she said she, she, the air felt better. Like it, it instantly everything felt better. Like the house was lighter and she never had another instance again. Um, so whatever, uh, whatever the shaman did to, to remove that energy or ghost or vampire or whatever you want to call it worked. Um, and even if it was a placebo, it worked. You know, you just don't know. I mean, if, if at worst it fits into your third type of ghost of the sort of psychology and memory and experiences and mm-hmm. altering that, you know, you can exercise that or a house actually for actual ghosts or both. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she says it's very common in these type of situations where, the, you know, there, there can be multiple en- multiple entities trapped in a space. And this was the case where in the, with this particular house provided that type of space where there was multiple entities able to congregate. Um, and she, again, without any kind of prompting for us, came in and told us exactly what we were dealing with. And we all just kind of said, okay, we were coming at this to, to kind of make fun of you and <laughs> shut you down, but you nailed it. So we're just going <laughs> to let you do your thing. <laughs> and, and she did. Um, and after that time, the house was a much, much more enjoyable experience and there wasn't you know nearly as many or any that I can remember major experiences but for the first year or so we were there it was intense wow (laughs) I'm glad it was a happy ending and not a you know poltergeist steal somebody's child ending yeah well that's kind of what she was getting at where Mm -hmm. she said you know you need to take care of this problem because this thing wants to get in and if it gets in it's going to be attached to her and she's going to have a very hard time getting rid of it 
and that's a scary, you know, scary thought. Um, right. You know, whether you believe in ghosts or, or parasites or devils or demons or whatever, it's, it's, uh, you know, you're dealing with something that's malicious. <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. But better to be safe than sorry. Yeah, especially if it's like somebody spends an afternoon at your house doing something interesting and that's all you have to deal with is somebody doing something interesting at your house for an afternoon and then your yeah. problem is solved. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. That. You know, we, you know we, we went from the states of denial to whatever to all of a sudden being like, okay, we're believers, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that my parents' previous home that they owned was haunted and my mom had experiences and I did too and my eyebrows went up when you mentioned the guy that would have three people jump on him Yeah, because I had sleep paralysis issues oh. for the entire time they owned the house. And I lived there from 13 to 17, went to college, came back a couple times because 2008 was quite a year for everyone. And I didn't stop having sleep paralysis issues till they sold the house. And then I stopped having sleep paralysis issues. I didn't do anything about it. So, yeah. Um, so sleep paralysis, I don't remember what show that was. Maybe it was Haunting Hill House. Was that? Um, Probably. Yeah. I, didn't, I haven't watched it yet because it's yeah. scary. <laughs> I love yeah, the well, there's, a, there's a character in that, I believe, that suffers sleep, sleep paralysis and, uh, you know, and attached to ghosts and memories. And, and There were a lot of memories in that house. That base, Their basement was terrifying when we moved in. Yeah, all right. Yeah. There was the word no written in crayon all over the walls. Mm -hmm. And there were, oh. yeah, for real, all over the walls. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I forgot to mention one thing that we did when we first moved into the house, and maybe it made it worse. Uh, we don't know, but we were we were we were drunk one night, and we we're like, "Let's play the Ouija board. Let's oh, talk." Oh, I had one too. Yeah. Oh no, Chad, we not, cursed ourselves. Yeah, let's talk. <laughs> Every great horror movie ever it starts with a great idea, and some genius is like, "Let's get the Ouija board out," and that mm -hmm. was me. Um, <laughs> and, and we ended up talking, uh, uh, talking, and we, we we it only lasted about ten minutes, and we asked one question, and it said, "Shut up." And we're like, okay, okay you know, and we all kind of looked at each other and we we're like, who did that? You know, the, the traditional trope around the Ouija board where everyone looks at each other and they're like, who did that? And everyone's like, not me, not me. So we're like, let's put that away and go play some <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. That seems like the last thing someone would do versus like stringing you along on some goofy conversation or whatever, if somebody was faking it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, exactly. Or like trying to pretend like it was benign and, and, and it wasn't. So this thing was very clear. And again, who knows which of the spirits we were talking with, because at that time, the, the vampire uh, wasn't in the house. Mm -hmm. It was in, it was in the backyard. <laughs> tapping at the window. Yep. Tapping at the window. Let the right one in. That I mean, this kind of segues nicely into the, one of the questions that I had. One thing that I particularly have ended up running into in topics that I pick just because I picked these topics is universal human concepts mm -hmm. uh, and things like giants and mummification and ghosts and revenants. And so I had wanted to ask particularly because you've written about this mm -hmm. in, 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 a, in a very, you've explained it in a very thoughtful way here, your conceptualization of ghosts in many ways. So like, why do you think that an afterlife or ghost-like entities are something of a universal human concept. So there's pretty much no culture that we know of that doesn't have something right. about an afterlife, an entity or an energy that continues after somebody dies, things like right. that. Yeah, you know, I'll break that into two, two, two parts. Um, I think, you know, the question you had before that ties in a little bit, and that is, you know, where do you think the energy behind ghosts 
comes come come from the phenomenon of ghosts and you know it's hard to explain without an example i i you know i, I explored a lot in ghost river but when you look at something like say an apple for for example uh, you know what is actually seeing that right your eyes are physically of course you know doing the process of looking but what is behind your eyes that, that recognizes and anticipates the app? You know, what's that piece of cosmic life that recognizes sights, smells, and sounds? You know, is that your soul? Is that the battery that's running your body? Is that some divine intelligence that you're part of? You know, whether you're religious or not, I, I think most humans recognize that, you know, what we really are can't be defined without massive assumptions. Um, and, you know, the energy of, you know, what is a soul, what is a person, what is a ghost, you know, it, it's amorphous. And I treat, I treat, you know, souls and the afterlife and ghosts and ghost river as amorphous energy. It's energy that can be reshaped and reborn when a physical body dies. Um, so, you know, for me, at least the question becomes you know, when a soul in, in ghost river, when a soul is given a new form, a new body, does it remember what it was before? Does it just continue on as something new? When, when it does, does it embrace its new form and that's all it ever was? Does the energy always continue? Did, did the, any old experience it had matter at all, you know, in the course of things, or is it just the battery continuing to run? Um, life just wearing a new skin or new form, uh, something else stitched together entirely. Um, so yeah, the characters in Ghost River are, are consumed by, by that energy, and ghosts in all forms. But they're all, at least in this narrative, flowing in a singular direction, like a river. Um, so freedom of will is very questionable uh, in this book. Um, and divine and, and does divine intelligence to blame? Is there some larger thing in play? And I'm not going to give away any, any, any spoilers, but you know, it's one of the questions that I that I grapple with in Ghost River. Um, now. Why do we embrace that as, as a human and universal concepts? I, you know, simply put, I think humans like neat packages. I think they like stories that have beginnings, middles, and ends. Um, life is one of those stories. Uh, you know, I, I think it's hard for a human being to function if they can't believe that they are owed a forever in some way. Heaven for is a great example. You know, any kind of moral, like live a good life and you'll have forever in paradise. Um, type type stuff. I think if a human were to believe that, okay, well, maybe two things would happen. You know, one, it would be a very depressing existence if we knew for a fact that uh, once you're dead, you're dead, and it's over, and you know, blah blah blah. If we knew that for sure, imagine the repercussions that that would have on society and how we would, how we'd interact and how we'd live our lives. Now, maybe there'd be a, a, a converse to that where 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 people would live better lives because they would you know they'd feel like well this is it I got one shot I might <laughs> blow it. But that's not how we're societally trained to think. You know, we, we, we're, we're trained to think that you know morality is the key to. Um, paradise and we must go on and we will always go on and I think we need to believe that because otherwise who would want to get out of bed in the morning right you know why would we want to <laughs> you know yeah. you know what are we enduring towards if what we are will be gone when when, when, when the time comes so I think ghosts in, in, in a way often serve as the morality tales um, that we look at in our society that inspires us not to get stuck in this life or the next one Right? When you see a ghost that's trapped, it's typically a tragedy 
right? You're, right. you're like, you know, something, this person didn't finish something or they lost something or they're cursed or, 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 or whatnot. Um, we look at going to dying and your soul going to someplace wonderful as the reward or being stuck in purgatory or, or a place of damnation like hell as torture. Ghosts to me um, look universally through all language, uh, all, all traditions um, are typically things that are, are negative. Like they're, they're, they're lacking um, because they didn't do the right things to get to that place of paradise. Although there is the day of the dead mm. and that's a fairly positive mm. interaction. And there's also, um, Oh yeah, that's true. In Italy, it's not terribly uncommon to visit even like the literal bodies in an ossuary of your loved ones and stuff. So I guess even that's sort of a yeah. continuation of right. they're still alive. You're talking to them. A lot of times they, you know, you're bringing them food or uh, treating them like they're alive. So it, I guess it's kind of like, hopefully you continue that cycle when you die and you're treated like you're still at least somewhat alive. That's and true. also in Japanese, uh, mythology folklore i mean there's uh, it's there's a very thin wall between life and death and you just think that spirits and ghosts are just there they're just always yeah. going to be there it's like it's um likened to a shoji screen you know the thin paper screen that's the the thinness between the the world we live in reality and the the ghost world the spirit world and they have hundreds of different spirits that you know they they have a whole mythology of spirits that just exist and they're strange and wonderful they actually kind of remind me of some of your characters chad mm -hmm. like the one yeah. with the head that can come off and like float yes away and go bother people <laughs> or a spider girl she was my favorite yeah. yeah although it does occur to me what i'm talking about is not ghosts it's spirits what mm -hmm. sarah's talking about is closer to ghosts and what mm -hmm. you are talking about is specifically ghosts so i'm going off topic no, but you make a good point. You know, I think, you know, culturally, yeah, death and spirits and afterlife are all treated differently, whether it's celebrated or, you know, here in America, it seems like we often associate death with mourning, um, mourning, loss, you know, funerals, you know, where uh, they're typically solemn affairs, um, whereas, like you said, in, in, in other countries, South America, it's the Day of the Dead, so, you know, it's celebrating, you know, those mm -hmm. that have passed and, and, and remembering the memory. So even then, I guess ghosts um, will serve as morality tales, but in a That's better true. way. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Be make sure people remember you so you don't disappear. Isn't that the whole... That's the whole point. Spoiler alert about Coco, I guess, but I think yeah. that's the whole point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly the whole point. And you know, I have there's a couple scenes in the book where um, one of one of the Native American characters are talking about the importance of storytelling, why you know his particular tribe values it so much is because if you don't remember the stories, <laughs> you know, you lose them, um, mm -hmm. or people, other people will come in and tell you what they should be, and then history changes. Important point. Uh, I it occurred to me as we were speaking about this. Where do you think the ghosts went from your house after they left in Santa Fe? Good question. You know, if you look at it from the point of view of its energy, uh, I, I you know whatever the source is, I guess. Mm -hmm. Or you know, I would hate to I would hate again unless they're just shells. Okay, you know, and, and again we talk about that in Ghost River too with like the broken kids. You know, shells of things that that, that have somewhat of an existence but don't really have life anymore maybe they just go blank i don't know um it, you know they wouldn't care <laughs> if they did <laughs> that's true they're, they're, they're essentially automatons you know mm -hmm. um 
and you know i think of the old the old man in the first example i gave you know he's just kind of just sitting in his chair and walking to the refrigerator maybe there's nothing there that would care if it, if it just went blank and if it was gone but maybe there is something there that cares and these and these and these energies go to whatever the source would be to be reshaped again or reincarnated or 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 maybe they just went down the street and haunted somebody else i don't know <laughs> it's hard to it's hard it's hard to uh, pin the tail on that one yeah it's it just occurred to me where do mm-hmm. they go mm-hmm. that's what we think about here where do they go yeah. you know and when, when when a life is created you know something moves in uh to drive that person you know you know where does that come from it's kind of my example i gave where you know what is seeing in your eyes what, what is that energy that knows what the apple is and wants it uh, you know it's the physical your eyes doing the physical looking but what is doing the processing Mm-hmm. So we we probably should have started with this, but where does where does Chad Ryan go? Can you tell us about yourself, Chad, and your book, and where we can go to get your book? And yep, uh, I, what's going on for us now? Um, I'm busy, been busy focusing not only on finishing Ghost River. Uh, that was majority of 2020. And it's a very 2020 book. I, I think I tweeted about that the other day. I was thinking about it. Um, uh, I think when we look back in time to the art and the literature and the movies and the films that came out of this time, there's going to be kind of this weird anxiety, desperation uh, in, in everything. Um, and, you know, it's very, very much in Ghost River. It's a very, very desperate, anxiety-induced um, experience. In, in the course of 2020, while working on that, we've also, I've also launched a, a publishing house um, called Lost Boys Press. Uh, where we wanted to create a a publishing house for brave and bold fiction, the type of stuff that's experimental, risky, content-wise, form-wise, um, that most traditional public uh, publishing houses wouldn't touch with a ten-foot pole. Now, I'm not saying it's because they're so bad or or, 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 or you know whatever. It's just that there's a certain marketing mindset out there in traditional publishing that they know it sells for them and they want to sell more of it. Can you sell um, it in an airport? Is right. A not uncommon question. <laughs> right. Yeah, the airport fiction. You know, yeah. and you see the same twenty years, uh, same authors you've been seeing for twenty years on the on the on the table at Costco. You know, it's the same ones. <laughs> um, and I'm not knocking that they've had amazing careers. Don't get me wrong. But we wanted to create a you know a publishing house for for people like myself and my partner Ashley, uh, who's my business partner and editor, um, to 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 create um, a place where readers could go and get get reads like ghost river um could get get reads like the book she did a map to the map to the stars which is a gut-wrenching uh creative fiction um memoir of her, of her life and we wanted to you know create a space um for for writers and readers that was synonymous with quality you know we want traditional published type quality um but we want to we want to carve in a niche for those that are looking for a better experience. So myself and Ashley both have books coming out on Halloween. Ghost River is one of them. Map to the Stars is the other. Um, we're launching both at the same time. So, you know, we're learning by using our own stuff, <laughs> you know, that way we don't, we don't have to like, uh, you know, put, put anybody else's work out there first. We're using our own books. So do, uh, do come check us out at lostboyspress.com. Um, you'll find out about our publishing house, about our books, about incentives we have for ordering our books, about 
you know, more about the material. We have a full content warning for Ghost River there. If you, if you need to see, you know, if you're a little worried about um, the stuff inside, and you should be. <laughs> it's a very intense, it's a very intense dark read. Um, not a, it's not a, a nursery rhyme. No, no, it's an adult, very adult horror, horror story um, with some magical realism elements. Um, but uh, other than that, uh, you can find me on, on Twitter at Writing as War, on Instagram. Uh, I also run Broken Window, which is my Substack, uh, where I, I tweet out or I post fiction, little short stories, as well as newsletter type stuff. And of course, uh, writingiswar.com is my website uh, where I post free short stories and other good things like that. I mean, sounds like I'm everywhere, but I'm mostly just on, on, on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and we will definitely have sort of a in in the show notes on our website and just sort of in the like notes in whatever app you're listening to this on will be Chad's information so that you can actually like go uh, pre-order his book or buy it if it's after October 31st. A Halloween release date is so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, ebook is on, uh, is on pre-order right now. Um, and then in, what is it? Oh. So tomorrow, uh, tomorrow, the, uh, the 26th, uh, the paperback goes on sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, they'll both be arriving to your house about the same time, which is Halloween. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Particularly cool. Cause at least we shouldn't be going anywhere for Halloween, let alone pe- will people or not. So it's something yeah. spooky to do. Oh, it's very spooky. Uh, <laughs> very happy, happy story. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else in particular you'd like to talk about with regards to your work or ghosts or? No, I, 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 no, I don't think so. Um, just, uh, you know, my, my type of flair is I like to do uh, dark fiction, dark fantasy, horror, science fiction. So if you, if you have darker fascinations, you're not necessarily looking for the, the young adult feel good uh, book of the of the week and I'm not judging that at all. But uh, if you want a different, uh, different flavor, um, you know, come check me out because uh, I definitely like to deliver on the, uh, uh, on the putting you there, whether you want to be or not. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. I, I loved what I read of your stuff and people think I'm a super happy, a sweet person, but I actually <laughs> deeply love horror and uh, yeah. dark fantasy. So it was definitely a, a good yeah. ride. I'm looking forward to your book. Thank you. I, I joke a lot, um, especially on Twitter, where I say, you know, it seems to me the people that write the most weirdest, darkest, strangest things are the nicest people. <laughs> well, we get it yeah. all out, you see. Yeah, exactly right. You face yeah. it. You're not. You you're it. not swallowing it and letting mm-hmm. it eat you from the inside out. <laughs> yeah, I work. I work through my issues out on paper. Um, mm-hmm. That's, you know, what makes it both frightening and cathartic for me, which is my therapy. It's like, you know, uh, it's fictionalized, of course, but um, it's, it's, it's powerful uh, to be able to create something that lets you exercise your demons in, in, in a way uh, that's safe. And, 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 and you can share those experiences with somebody, however they manifest. You know, in this case, it manifested as a book. Um, and, you know, I think that's pretty cool. It's a lot better than the alternative of being in a padded room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also I have speaking. to ask. Go ahead. I have to ask. Uh so why Lost Boys? Is it for the eighties movie or No. Uh yeah, actually for uh, uh Peter Pan's followers. Peter Pan. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Chasing your shadows, uh, essentially. I see. Yeah. Very and nice. Going to Never Neverland, you know, being in an alternate type of reality and uh, Ashley, uh, my partner actually came up with the name. 
Um, at first, I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if we should have a gendered name, <laughs> you, know, you know, because, you know, uh, just for reasons. And, 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 you know, she explained to me what she thought about it. And I was like, it's perfect. Um, you know, chasing your shadows. And Wendy was the number one lost one. I'm really glad you asked that because it didn't even occur to me. It might have been Peter Pan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I, we, we, did, we did in our announcement one time and somebody posted the, uh, the Beatty's movie, the vampire movie. And, uh, was it Kiefer Sutherland? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and, and the Corey blonde hair, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I was like, no, no, not that lost boy. <laughs> I remember, yeah, I remember. I was curious. Video, so. <laughs> well, just from reading your stuff and then reading the blurb uh, that Ashley has about her about her story, I mm-hmm. was curious. It was like, huh? I bet it's Peter Pan and the Lost Boys because yep. I can totally see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her her story, uh, a map a map of the stars, correct? Map of the stars, yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, it very much would match up with the kind of Lost Boys. It it sounds like. Yeah, I read her. I read her story. You know, it's a novella. You know, it's it's a brief read. It's like fourteen thousand words, and it's it's a sit down. You know, read it in one setting type of experiment, and you, you actually have some instructions in the beginning of the book that you know, find a comfortable space and read this. Because it's an emotional roller coaster. I mean, it is really a, a uniquely written piece. Uh, as far as you know, showing and not telling. I mean, the format falls apart in the book as the character does. Um, it's really kind of a bold, a bold statement that she did and, and it worked beautifully. Um, was not fun to format <laughs> for, for release, but you know, it worked, it worked out awesome. Um, as far as the story goes and she's been getting much, 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 much deserved, uh, rave reviews for that. Um, awesome. it's, it's challenging piece, but just like kind of ghost river is, but in a different way, because her story you know, really is about a childhood that's, that's stolen from somebody by people that should be taking care of you that aren't. Definitely a, a very um, touching, angering, <laughs> raw read. Um, but again, that's the type of thing we want at Lost Boys. Um, we, want, we want experiences. Uh, we want you to feel the book and not necessarily just be told the book, if that makes sense. Thank you so much. This has been a really enjoyable uh, story time here. <laughs> yes, I've been so looking forward to it. It was so much fun. Thank you. Oh, anytime. Uh, thank you. This is my first podcast ever. Um, <gasps> Yay! Okay. Um, I've got a few more lined up here in the next, next couple of weeks, but uh, that's awesome. What a fun, what a fun, fun experience. So um, have me back anytime. I'd love to, love to talk. Absolutely.